the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to Southern California Live, hour two of our Tuesday, May 10th edition of SoCal Live. It's good to be with you. Scott Furrow, your host, and I have never been banned from Twitter. And I'm saying that because Elon Musk today said that uh, he's going to let Donald Trump back on. Donald Trump says no thank you. But, um, you know, some people feel like it's a, a badge of some kind of honor to be banned from social media. I just don't tweet much uh, about things that are uh, terribly important, actually. But, uh, you know, you never know. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join our conversation here on LA Live. We are on the air every weekday from 3 to 5 in Southern California. From KKLA in Los Angeles, 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-LA-TALKS is an easy way to remember it. I like to Remind you to put that in your phone. If you put it in your contacts, 888-528-2557 under SoCal Live, then you'll always have the number. When you feel like you want to call in and join that conversation, you won't have to wait for me to repeat it. Or if I say it too fast, I had a couple of people say, Scott, you always say the number too fast. I can't call it. Uh, That's true. 888-528-2557. you got to say it in the right rhythm, though. You know, if you if you give somebody your phone number and you don't say it in the right rhythm, you know, you're supposed to say 888-528-2557. But if you say um, 888-528-2557, no one can remember it. If you give your phone number out like that, it throws everybody off. Nobody thinks of it that way. There's a rhythm to it. 888-528-2557. You could say 2557. You could say 888. There's ways to do it. 888-528-2557. All right, lots going on in the news. Gas prices once again hit a record high in the United States, uh, which I think is funny being in California because when we hear this, like gas prices have reached a record high of $4.38 a gallon. I would love to have $4.38 a gallon gas, wouldn't you? Uh, Those were the days, you know, like a year ago. Those were the days when we could uh, only pay that much for gas. Um, I'm old enough to remember three dollars and something cents. In fact, I'm old enough to remember 59 cents. That's the lowest I've ever seen it. After we had all those gas uh, problems and oil embargo and other stuff from the 70s and early 80s, most of that I've read about not experienced. But I did experience some of it as a little kid. And I remember when the gas crisis was over and the prices plummeted. I think gas prices might have got up to, you know, a buck 99, two dollars a gallon in the early 80s. And that was very, very high. Maybe what we're experiencing right now, you know, if you, if you account for inflation, that's probably pretty close what people were experiencing. And then it went down. I remember as a kid, you know, you get excited about the signs, you know, when the price is going down, you don't really even know what it means, but you think it's interesting. 59 cents. I remember 59 cents a gallon at one point at uh, one gas station in Palmdale, California, uh, where I grew up. Some of you are out there in Palmdale. Hello. Hello, Palmdale. 
Hope that you guys are doing well. It must be windy about this time in the afternoon up there. I remember that, playing baseball in high school, and uh, somebody hit a pop fly, and I would be playing uh, first base, or maybe I was in left field, and they hit a pop fly to left field, and you catch it in right field. That would be what happens. Uh, Anyway, gas prices on their way back up. Part of it is just what happens right before Memorial Day weekend. Prices go up. Taxes also go up over the summer, and uh, that is part of it here in California. The gas tax goes up. And as you know, I'm not a fan of the energy taxes. Um, the reason is is that it's basically a tax on the poor. Everybody has to pay that tax if you drive or if you have anything to do with motorized vehicles or if you buy food because the food is delivered by people who pay for gas. And when the gas prices go up, uh, diesel gas hits $6 a gallon here in California. That means the truck driver who's delivering your food to the supermarket is now charging more to do that, which means the supermarket will charge you more to buy it. And uh, that's how things work. And I don't really like it uh, when we add the extra taxes to uh, to everything. But you you got to have the money from somewhere. There must be a way to do it. Anyway, that is a big part of it. I hope it's not causing uh, too much hurt that for most of you have been able to adjust as we all have to do. I don't know if it's going down. The president today said it might get worse. Uh, and I think that he is, he is likely right about that. I said once uh, we're going to have $8 a gallon, $8 a gallon. I'm going to stick to that, that we might see that. I don't know if it's ever going to stay there, but um, we might see 8 or $9 a gallon. I think that's that's possible. 8.5% inflation in March. Um, that is going to drive things uh, quite a bit. That's the number one issue for a lot of people. You're getting your ballots in the mail. Not really going to talk about that, but uh, make sure that you pay attention and vote. You know, one, I don't know if I like the, the mailed ballots or not. I just don't think it's as secure as it ought to be. And I'm not trying to open up that door, but the one thing I would say that I do like about it is everybody should vote. And you shouldn't just go down and pick the people with an R or a D next to their name because that's the party you're in. Look up these people. Find out what they think. Ask them questions. Actually get involved and uh, find out. You might find yourself voting for a different party or maybe an independent Uh, You might feel like your vote matters a lot more if you have actually taken the time to investigate people. And if you have Internet access, most of you do. You should be able to go to their website, find, you know, voter guides. Be careful with voter guides. Voter guides are usually advertisements. So the candidates pay money to get included in the voter guide. So there might be a, you know, there's probably a pro-life voter guide. There's also a pro-choice voter guide. There's a voter guide, you know, for different subjects on different things. There's a taxpayer's voter guide. There's there's a bunch of them, right? There's a Christian voter guide. There's multiple Christian voter guides. Um, just be aware that often the candidates pay to get on there, and it doesn't mean that it's not representing their view, but they, they may not be the only candidate to vote for. I mean, there's like 25 people vote, running for governor, and we laugh at that. You know, it only takes something like $5,000. I think it's... I think it's less than four, like $3,900 and uh, not a lot of signatures to get your name on the ballot to run for governor. And there's 20-some-odd people. Maybe there is a candidate on there that we ought to be paying attention to, but nobody will because nobody looks. We just find the R or the D, and we vote for that person without looking. Would you take some time this year, whatever party you're in, whatever direction you lean, to look up the people you're voting for, look at what they say, Look at their records. What have they voted for if they're in Congress or in the State House? Where do they land? Does how they vote or what they do actually 
um, equal what it is that they say, or do they say one thing and then do another? That's a really big thing. And I think as we talk about, uh, you know, the politics in our, our country and maybe getting it fixed a little bit, electing people who do what they say, electing people who are consistent, at least you know what you're going to get. And uh, that's another way we can hold some people accountable. Let me ask you this question. You know, as we, we'll talk about politics and on this program as we, we develop it, you know, we're, it's an election year. And there's going to be, you know, politics coming out our ears. I mean, you just got the uh, the ballot in the mail. There's some important things coming up on the ballot. I think this fall, some some um, different laws to vote on, some different things. Maybe we'll take a look at that. But let me ask you this question, and you can call and tell me what you think, and then we want to talk about what to do about it. Has politics poisoned the church? Has politics become just a poison in the church with respect to the mission of the church? Uh, left and right, however you want to deal with it. There's left-wing stuff. There's right-wing stuff. There's an article in the uh, Atlantic Magazine today that suggests that. It's a very lengthy article, as they often are in that magazine. 888-528-2557. Do you feel like politics has poisoned the church, and what do we do about it? 888-528-2557. Or maybe you feel like it's not. Maybe you feel like the church needs to be political, and if so, what is the right way to do that and uphold the kingdom of God? How do we do this? Uh, not everybody in our audience agrees. Uh, a lot of people in our audience are voting in different ways. Uh, this is Los Angeles, right? This is San Diego, Southern California. And if you are on the closer to the coast, the bluer you're going to vote typically. The farther you are out east, the redder you're going to vote. That's kind of how our state is divided in that way. Does that happen in your church? Has your church become more one side or the other, or do you know, or maybe it's not one side or the other? This article is, it's lengthy, and there's, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff in here, but it's talking about uh, churches that have blown up in size when they decided to get real political. One church in one year got political about the um, the COVID stuff, and they went from 100 people to 1,500 people. And what they did was they added a, the pastor added something called a diatribe, every Sunday where he just talks about the politics, kind of like we do on this show, except this is not a church, right? And hopefully, you know, the pastor, you would think that he would hopefully then apply it then to the word and how we proceed as the kingdom of God. That is what we try to do on this program and that we seek to do. Uh, But in this case, it was just his uh, commentary on different things, whether they have anything to do with the scripture or not. Uh, There's a lot of political issues that I don't know that they are necessarily right and left. It's a profound thing. Many, many sermons you can give when Jesus says, uh, render unto Caesar. Um, That's incredible, especially when you think about the corruption and the evil of the Roman government that was collecting those taxes and uh, what it meant. I think there's a part of that where Jesus is, is saying, don't get distracted from the goal. Do not take your eye off the ball. Some interesting things here. This article, it uh, makes a couple of statements I thought might be worth just bringing up, even if it's just for us to think about, but you can join the conversation. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. One pastor in this article is quoted, Pastor Brown, and he is quoted as saying, the crisis for the church is a crisis of discernment. Discernment, one's basic ability to separate truth from untruth, is a core biblical discipline and many Christians are not practicing it. Um, Is that true? The article states that often in the church we have come to value power over integrity, 
the ephemeral over the eternal, the moral relativism over bright lines of right and wrong. Is that happening in the church? I think it happens sometimes. I also think, just to give you some of my opinion, you know, there are thousands of congregations in Southern California. On the one hand, I like to say and I like to remind us that when Jesus looks down and looks at his church in Southern California, how many churches does he see? Well, in one sense, he sees one. He sees one church. There is one church, one body of Christ. That is who we are together. That's why Jesus in John 17 prays for unity. He prays for you and I, all of us together, to be in unity together. Have you thought about what? That's Jesus's prayer for us. That is uh, an incredible thing, unity. How do we reach that in a world where we're getting so divided by all kinds of different things? When Jesus prays, you should check it out, John 17. It's worth reading his prayers to see you know, his heart for you and me, that this is actually so much about us. Jesus's heart for you and me, John chapter 17, verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. Before that, he was praying for the disciples, for apostles, for uh, the people who um, are going to start the church, the original followers of Jesus, who the Holy Spirit would come down on on Pentecost. And then he prays for us. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Every one of you, by the way, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you believe in Jesus because of their message. Those guys who went out and uh, shared the gospel. My prayer is not for them, Jesus says, not for them alone, but I pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that's you and me, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity and the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. That's an amazing prayer. I think Christians of all backgrounds need to really think about that. And how do we get together as one? Now, we, there's one church in Southern California, but you've got your, your church, right? You have your congregation and our congregation are you know, divided by region, you know, you're not going to drive 100 miles to church, probably. Uh, you can watch it on TV. Now most churches have a YouTube channel, and you're watching it. Is that church? Is that really church? Can you do that? Somebody, uh, and if you're listening, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on you. I won't say your name. But somebody who lives in the Bay Area called me a little while ago and says, uh, we've never met, but we've been attending your church for several months, and they live in San Francisco. You know, and I thought, well, there, are there churches in San Francisco? Well, yeah, there are. There's really good churches up there that uh, you might be surprised to learn that, but there are. There are great churches up there. Why are you going to ours? Because you can, you can watch it on TV. How often is this happening? You know, I, you know, if you're listening on this station, you hear some great preaching all throughout the day from people coming at it from different places, different backgrounds, different ages. That's great. We can learn about the Word. But where's your fellowship? Where do you worship together with other believers in person? I think you got to be in a congregation somewhere. Can I encourage you to do that? If you're not in a church somewhere, go to church. Find a church to go to. It is so important to have that kind of fellowship. And if you've been burned by church, hurt by church, 
you have just had, you know, a lot of people have left the church. This article talks a lot about this, left the church because of the politics, left and right. You know, some churches are pretty left-wing, so far to the left that uh, Jesus is no longer the way. He's just a way. He's just one way. Maybe not even that important. Maybe he didn't even rise from the grave. There are churches out there that have old-timey, you know, denominational names on the front sometimes that teach that Jesus didn't physically rise from the dead, just his ideas were upheld, which is not at all what the Scriptures teach. And, you know, his ideas are pretty good, but they're not that good in the sense of the movement that happened. The movement that happened that started the church, it happened because Jesus rose from the grave, and that is unbelievable. Something had to happen. If it was just Jesus' teachings, then he would still be in some grave somewhere, and we would know where that is because you put up a marker like you do for all the other religious leaders. And we would say, isn't Jesus something? He prayed that we would be unified, and he said, love your enemy. That's great teaching, and it is great teaching. But when you study what Jesus actually taught, when he says this, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me, that he is our Savior. Savior means there's something we need to be saved from, that we get everlasting life. He goes and prepares a place. And the division that we see so often, and this article kind of deals with it a little bit, is that sometimes in the church, we dealt with this a little bit last hour, where we become against each other. Sometimes churches are against each other who really should be on the same team. Can I encourage you throughout all of, this, all of these things and this season is to be on the same team you realize that there are, there are some places in belief that cross a line. There's an old seminary question that your pastor probably dealt with that is, you know, how wrong can you be about the Bible and still be saved? You know, how wrong can you be about Jesus, but you're still saved? You know, we don't agree on every, every little thing, and we have different traditions and different backgrounds, and we interpret passages differently from each other, but there still is, an, you know, an, an orthodoxy, a belief in certain things like the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We believe that God created the world, that there was fall of mankind and sin, and that we needed a Savior, and the Savior needed to live the perfect life on our behalf, and that Savior was Jesus, and he was predicted and prophesied through through centuries of prophets. You know, there are about 40 different biblical writers over 1,500 years from different backgrounds, different places, in different eras in history, different empires overseeing them, and they all tell the same story, and they all point to Jesus Christ. It's incredible. It's miraculous. This is the faith. This is the faith we have. As we talk about the issues of the day, my friends, and as we we are a group of people who have something so much bigger than whatever's going to happen in the election in June or the election in November, as important as that is to our country, as important as that is to our, our life, there is something so much bigger, and God is not up there looking down real confused about what's going on. He is not going, I can't believe those people are on the ballot. I had no idea that those people were going to win those elections. That really messes me up. That's not the case. He has called us to be his ambassadors. He has called us to unity, and unity is hard when you profoundly disagree with somebody about something, right? Really hard. But I think when you sit down and you have relationships with people, when we do more together, like the Pastor's Appreciation Lunch that's happening here and uh, other KKLA listener events uh, and listener events that happen in San Diego through KPRZ and all the, the Christian stations, that's a great thing about radio, the great thing that we can listen together. Go to those events. Huge success, the Mother's Day brunch that happened in L.A. 
uh, last weekend. Um, a great time of fellowship. A couple hundred people there, moms celebrating single moms and the different things that uh, single moms have faced in our culture. People of different backgrounds, different races coming together. That's what it looks like in the kingdom of God. That's what it's going to be like. We have so much more to be excited about and unified about than the crazy stuff that sometimes just divides us. I think Jesus wants us to be united around him. Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? I think Jesus can. When we focus on him and we ask him to help us out, we find new ways to be connected, new ways to listen. We're not perfect. Your radio show host here is not perfect and has to learn different things from you. I learn a lot from callers. I hope that we all learn together from each other on this program. I think that's a great thing about our show, uh, if I do say so myself, because you make it such a good show. And I want to thank you for that. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join the conversation. I want to take a moment to invite you to the KKLA and KPRZ events that are coming up. The Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast is coming. Uh, San Diego's version is tomorrow, and LA's is on Thursday. And it's a appreciation breakfast for pastors, church leaders, church administration, church staff, and their guests. And uh, first responders are welcome to come also. Police, fire, paramedic, we'd love to have you go. The guest speaker is Pastor Alan Jackson, host of the Alan Jackson Ministries and pastor of World uh, Outreach Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He's heard uh, weekdays right here on KKLA, and he will be there in person at both events. There's a free breakfast. If anything else, free breakfast. Pastors, you know, I know you. Get up there. Get there early. Free breakfast. Greet some people. We'll worship together. We will get together with people who are coming at the faith and from different backgrounds, different communities. And what a great time for unity and worshiping together. And, you know, as a pastor myself who's been to these events, you come back not only full because of a good breakfast, but you come back inspired to minister because you realize that, you know what, God has called us to something special. And everybody who's listening who's a believer, you're called into the greatest endeavor mankind has ever been called to be a part of, and that is making disciples of Jesus Christ. That's you and me and uh, everybody you know who loves Jesus or who will soon love Jesus. Go to kkla.com to register today, kkla.com. If you are in L.A., Orange, Riverside, Ventura, San San Bernardino County, if you're in San Diego, to kprz.com, click on the banner on those websites for the Pastor Appreciation Breakfast. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live on this fine Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday, May 10th. Hope that you are having a good day. Scott Furrow with you today. Hey, you know, to uh, to lighten it up a little bit, there's so many heavy topics, and maybe this is a heavier one, I don't know, but uh, let me ask you this question. Congress is about to hold its first open hearings about UFOs, this is for real, in 50 years. Maybe this is a topic that's better for the three in the morning show right, for the people listening at night, and uh, there's a whole show, you know, about that. Uh, But this is for real, and the hearing will be held Tuesday, May 17th. Every time I do a a Q&A, like a pastor Q&A, something I like to do is, you know, we do this on Fridays sometimes, right? We have Open Line Friday, and we'll do kind of this at church, and I'll just say, okay, what do you want to talk about? And sometimes people send me questions in advance, which is helpful because then I can prepare for them when they come out of left field. 
uh, or they're hard. And sometimes I'm just ready for them. Every time I do this, I usually get multiple questions from people asking about UFOs or aliens or what does it mean if we discover that alien life is real? What is the Christian beliefs? But do you wonder about this? Do you have any thoughts about this? You want to chime in? Maybe I'm asking for it, but uh, what do you think? 888-528-2557. That is our number, 888-528-2557. Does this, is this something that you wonder about? And what happens if we find alien life? Next month, they're going to open up, I think it's the Webb Telescope, and we're going to get some looks into space that we've never seen before. It's going to put the Hubble Telescope to shame, I guess, um, and uh, just be incredibly dramatic. I don't know that you're going to see people waving at you from other planets, but you're going to get to see, supposedly, this is my understanding, and maybe you can call and let me know if you understand a little bit more if you're out there in uh, JPL or somewhere, 888-528-2557. But we're going to see some very interesting things in space that we've never seen before. And there is actually a lot of work going on about extraterrestrials. But this is not really about extraterrestrials, this UFO thing, just to, to bring it back down to the level, okay? This is talking about something that has been identified and that people have been looking at uh, for a while, um, things that are not spaceships, but technology that is not understood. Uh, there is what is called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. This is a government organization, so they don't say UFOs anymore. It's, it's UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. phenomena. And that's because UFO usually means alien, right, when you say that. In our church, we've had a group of quilters, and they call it unfinished objects. Okay, and you get together and you you finish your quilts and it's encouraging and it's a, it can be used as a ministry because you can invite other people who like to quilt and you do it at church, tell them about Jesus, okay? Uh, they they want to call it the UFO group and they put that like in the church bulletin. I'm like, you can't put in the church bulletin that we have a UFO group. You know, people are going to think we're one of those churches. We're, we're not. Uh, you got to say what it is, unfinished objects and it's about quilting. You got to spell it out, okay? So the government also is saying we if we're we're not talking about aliens, uh, let's not call it UFOs. Let's call it the UAPTF. That's the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. Well, last year, about a year ago, they released a report about several different sightings of something that is going on. 143 sightings of aerial objects that cannot be explained between the years of 2004 and 2021. Now, this is for real, okay? This is this is the military. When you read the report, what these are is 143 sightings from um, fighter pilots, from people in the military who are using radar and other stuff that have locked on to metallic objects floating through the sky, and they don't know what they are. Uh, that's true. The Pentagon released a report uh, last year about this, and some classified papers have now come out um, about more. And basically what it is, is it's research on futuristic technology that is probably funded by the United States government or the Russian government or the Chinese government, or perhaps there's some other government out there getting, uh, getting busy with some very, very interesting technology uh, and weapon systems. So when we're talking about the war in Ukraine and some other things going on, uh, it's significant. The Barack Obama Presidential Library has said that thousands of pages of UFO and UAP documents have been deposited there. This is like for real. How do you feel about this? 888-528-2557. Just maybe you don't care. Maybe I'm, you know, but I just thought this is in the news and it's interesting. Here's some things that they found, okay, in that report. 
144 reports uh, of these, 80 reports involved observation with multiple sensors, meaning that they're from military pilots and other government and military sensors. Uh, and the report says that this has actually been observed for quite a while, and uh, but it's only just now that pilots are beginning to feel comfortable talking about it uh, because it used to be you'd say to one pilot to the other, did you see that? And the pilot would respond, no, I didn't see it, and you didn't see it either. And you don't want to talk about it. Now they feel like they can talk about it a little bit more. And what they're wondering is if it's some kind of new drone technology. And it could be us, right? It, it might be we have these organizations, Area 51, other places. They're developing something. I mentioned last hour I grew up in Palmdale. You know, in Palmdale, Plant 42, they, they put stuff together out there, the stealth bomber. Uh, they used to fly stuff around at night that uh, when there's no moon and, and people would call the Air Force and say it's UFOs, but it's really just some kind of test plane or some test object out there. In that report from the government, 18 incidents described 21 reports where they observed unusual movement, patterns or flight characteristics um, that appear to be at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion. This is a government report, all right? Uh, in a small number of cases, military aircraft systems processed radio frequency energy associated with the UAP sightings. And uh, <clears throat> with, exception, with the exception of one instance where they determined it was uh, airborne clutter, uh, it was specifically a deflating weather balloon, uh, they don't know what it is, is what they say. Uh, now, I think some other organization knows what it is, right? There's got to be some government group out there who knows they're just not talking to each other. And uh, I think that's kind of how this goes. So basically, we don't know. Basically, we don't know what is out there. Um, but people have seen things. I think it's pretty uh, interesting uh, that that's there. Do you think it would throw off uh, your faith if God had created other beings out there? I don't think it should. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. It intrigues me a little bit because for some reason, there are people out there who have said, oh, if there's aliens, then uh, somehow it makes the Bible not true. And I'm not saying there's aliens. Let me clarify. I don't think there are aliens, and I don't think these are space UFOs. I think that they are high-tech devices that either our government is making or other governments are making, and we're not telling people about them. It's top secret, but they're in whatever testing phase there is that they got to put them out there. And that's what people are seeing. And uh, I think that's what it is personally. But let's just say, for example, that this telescope, uh, somebody waves back at us. Would that disturb your faith somehow? Do you feel like that somehow that would be um, odd? Uh, I think that some people do. I think some Christians worry about that. I don't. I don't, I don't think there is anybody out there, uh, frankly, but it wouldn't bother me at all if there is. Uh, that's what I think. But I'm wondering if you think that. Is this a thing? Uh, I see the phone's coming up, so I'll get your calls here in, in just a minute. Uh, 888-528-2557, The government report indicated that they don't know what it is. However, they also indicate that some government agencies would not talk to them, which is, to me, oh, well, that's because one group is just not going to say it. Uh, That seems to me uh, what that means, right? They're not talking to one another. All right, Ron from Temple City. Welcome to Southern California Live. What do you think? Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Ron. What do you think Good. about all this? Well, the Bible warns us about uh, powers and principalities of the air. Uh, that's demonic, and uh, it really is there to take away the, uh, as a distraction from 
your job as a uh, Bible-believing Christian to witness to everybody that you know about the uh, salvation through Jesus Christ and the remission of sin. Isn't that the case? I think that could be, you know, you know, it's an interesting thing. I don't know that, I think that what we're, these reports, these government reports are saying is that uh, they're finding real, you know, aircraft uh, flying around. I think that when we talk about it, though, uh, I guess what, what are you saying? That the whole discussion is sort of moot because it takes well, us off it's of... It's distraction, you know, it's yeah. all distraction. The media... And uh, a lot of people think that the Vatican control our media, that the Vatican are always interested in trying to postulate uh, Lucifer and the light mm. bearer and all these other permutations, uh, uh, counterfeit Jesuses and things like that, coming to Earth to distract us. And it's utter rubbish, and we need to move on and just realize for it for what it is. It's uh, the Pope and all the papalists and all these well, uh, foreign... <clears throat> people that move in and want us to think other things besides Jesus Christ and salvation, that he's alive, he's risen, and that's that. All right, so thank you for your call. So at the end of the day, and I think you're right, Ron, is at the end of the day, don't worry about it. You know, God has taken the time. You know, Spurgeon used to teach that God might have made other beings else. We know he's made other beings. We know the Bible talks about angels and demons. He's talked about talks about cherubim and stuff. We know that there are other spiritual beings uh, C.S. Lewis wrote a whole space trilogy about potentially life on other planets. Uh, 888-528-2557. Rosalind in Orange, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how are you? I'm good. What do you think about this? Is it crazy? Uh, crazy? I, I'm just, I just think that there's a friend of mine who said, do you believe in intelligent life out there? I said, I do. I said, because it says in Psalm 19, it says, um, says, the heavens declare the glory of God, right? Day after day, they, you know, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. Their words go out to the ends of the earth. So I thought, that's kind of interesting, right? But, you know, not to derail your conversation, but if you think about it. If you think you about know, it, you know, if God, God is... Evidence for yeah, he can do what he wants. God wants can do what he wants with his creation. Uh, does it derail? Uh, thank you for your call, Rosalind. appreciate it. Uh, do you worry about it? Do you... What if... What if uh, somebody decides to say that there's alien life, but it's really just uh, speculation and there's no evidence of it, really? Uh, does it bother you somehow? I don't know. I'm just curious to what people think, because this comes up so often, even in church conversations. Anna from Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Anna, are you with us? Anna? Can you hear me? Yes. What do you think? Okay, great. I believe in them. I have seen them myself. Oh, you have? It, um, yes, I have. All right, well, let me, I got to go to a break. I got to go to a break, Anna. So does that, are you a Christian? Yes, sir. Does it, does it uh, throw off your faith, your belief in uh, the... No, it doesn't. Not at oh. all. All right, that's what I want to know. I have to go to a break. I got to go to a commercial. I'm already a minute late. Thank okay. you for your call, Anna. Uh, you're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. We'll be right back for your calls. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you. And uh, we are responding to the government as having its first open uh, hearings on UFOs coming up on May 17th. Really what they're talking about are 
uh, these uh, observations that pilots have been making of uh, drone technology or some other kind of technology. The government is not saying they're not denying that it's uh, they're not saying it's not aliens, but I don't think it's aliens. But I I have thought and I've noticed that Christians, when I do question and answering uh, sessions, they have questions about this. What does it mean if there were extraterrestrial life or other things? And I was curious, and I'm right because the phones are lit lit up. So let me. Uh, <laughs> Let me get to your calls here before we run out of time, and I do want to make an important point uh, about this. Uh, Flacco from Santa Ana, welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah, this is Flacco from Santa Ana. I just wanted to say, you know, that uh, they can't get politically correct. These are UFOs, unidentified flying objects. Our government isn't sophisticated enough to create these type of uh, aircrafts that are just go quickly in nanoseconds you know how do you how do you know that we aren't how how do you know that we haven't done that or some other government hasn't discovered that ability to do that because they've been trying to figure it out for years they say and they still don't have answers but here's what i say billy graham once said when he was questioned does he think there are uh aliens or whatever and and he answered it this way he said well if there are life on other planets earth was the only planet that rebelled against God, and he sent Jesus into the world to save the earth. So, I mean, if we don't know all the species in the under the ocean, we don't know what's going on way out there in, you know, millions mm-hmm. of light years away, and it doesn't matter for the believer, not at all. Yeah, I if think you're right. Are, it ultimately doesn't matter. I think that's a, a great quote. And uh, Billy Graham uh, talking, he's probably talking about C.S. Lewis's books. That's what they are about. All right. Thank you for your call, Flacco. Thank you for listening. Uh, Rodrigo in Anaheim, welcome to Southern California Live. Rodrigo, are you with us? Rodrigo, go ahead. Up oh, and lost Rodrigo, or we put him on hold. I'll come back to you if you're still there. Jose in Cyprus, welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah, hi. How you doing, Jose? Uh, what are your thoughts on all of this? I'm doing good, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not sure what it is, but um, so I've been believing in Christ Jesus and the Bible to be true for about six years now. Uh-huh. And the reason why is because it has to tie with with what they're seeing, and that's uh, um, I ended up opening up the Bible and reading Matthew chapter two, and I was literally about to close it up because after reading chapter one and not being able to pronounce the genealogy of Jesus Christ, yeah, or of Joseph, um, I was about to close it up, but I kept reading, and thank God I did because what caught my attention was the the prophecy of of that star rising and, and signifying uh, Jesus' coming. And that same star that arose went forth until it floated over the major, and that's how the three wise men followed that star. And so in 2009, before I was saved, I saw something like that in the sky. It was a star, and it was floating. It was floating, and I had three of my best friends, three of my friends um, see, the, see the same thing. And we both turned around, and we had no idea. We started going into all these government conspiracies and all these crazy things, but it had nothing to do with it. Because I saw the thing in Matthew chapter 2, where that star went forth. That star floated. It went forth. It moved forth, the Bible says, until it floated. And then that's how the three wise men found it. I'm yeah, not so that, sure what it is. 
There's, so that experience that you, you couldn't explain something that you saw, but it also led you to believe that maybe they couldn't explain it, but God was doing something. Yes. Is that kind of what you're saying? Hey, Jose, I'm glad that you are a follower of Jesus. Keep reading your Bible. Don't give up when those genealogies happen or there's funny names. Uh, <laughs> all right. You know, you never know. You might have a kid and decide you're going to name that kid Zerubbabel or something that you got out of your Bible reading. Thank you for your call, Jose. Uh, Rodrigo, are you back with us from Anaheim? Yes, I'm here. All right. What are your thoughts? Hey, so I was uh, just calling because I I was hearing the topic, and uh, my dad actually told me a story. And he's told it to me various times, and it's always the same. Um, But the story goes that he was in a baseball field when he was about 12, 13 years old, and uh, they were all playing baseball, about six other kids. Um, And when they were playing baseball, uh, a UFO appeared uh, about... 10 to 15 feet away from them. Um, it was about 10 feet wide and made no noise. They couldn't see inside of it. Um, but they all were just looking at it, and they, they were amazed. No one spoke. Everyone just looked at it. Uh, and it stayed there for about 15 seconds, and then out of nowhere, it just whew, disappeared. That's your dad's story, um, huh? And, and my dad, yeah. And he said that for the next week or so, they, they kept talking about it, kept talking about it. Um, so he told me this story when I was about 10, 11 years old, and he's told me this story again and again, and it's always exactly the same. Um, so if there is UFOs, I think so. Um, what's inside of them or what's driving them, no one knows. Um, uh-huh. But the cool thing is that the Bible says that we were made in the image of God. Um, so that's a big plus for us, for humanity. So those are my thoughts. <laughs> All right, Rodrigo, thank you for your story. I, w- I think, you know, you know, whatever is true about all this, it doesn't change who the Bible says we are. It doesn't change any of it. Whatever, you know, uh, you just don't know. All right, let me get to uh, Chris in Westminster. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, forgive me if I didn't hear what your uh, view was it, uh, your view on it was, because I had the radio turned off or I may have missed it, but yeah, go ahead. my personal, my personal view is that I don't believe in aliens, uh, perhaps maybe flying objects that we don't understand, or we can't, uh, as far as the government let us know, they may not let us know what's out there. Uh, but there's a possibility of other countries having aircraft, I believe that we just don't know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as aliens, I don't believe in those. Uh, and for people that believe in that, and are unbelievers, and they say things like, I believe in aliens, but they don't believe in God. I struggle with that with them all the time, because how can you believe in something? The argument to Christians is, well, you've never seen God, so how can you know he's real? I have right. the same argument towards people that are aliens. If you've never seen an alien, how do you know they exist? So anyways, that's my input. I don't personally believe in it. Um, I'd love to hear your take if I didn't, if I missed it. Uh, but, sure, yeah. Chris. Uh, and then that do uh, forgive me for, for believers that do believe, I don't know, man. I just I just think Jesus talked about. I just don't. I find it hard to believe that there's aliens out there. To be honest with you. Right. All right, Chris. Thank you for your call. I appreciate that. We'll we'll make yours the last call. You know, I I brought this up because I thought you know what I think people do want to talk about this. That's been my experience, and sure enough, uh, it lights up. Um, just to you know, kind of repeat. Um, I brought this up because every time I do like a Q&A at a church event, people ask. They ask these questions, and I know it's out there. But 
Also, to be more you know serious about it, there are people in kind of the the atheist movement and stuff who are saying if there are aliens out there, then it means Christianity is false, which it just doesn't mean that at all. And don't let these kinds of things and these dis- discussions. Our first caller, I think your name was Ron. Uh, he's right. It can be such a distraction um, from the gospel. The answer is, so what? If God put some other creature on some other planet, that's up to God. And and whatever the plan is of salvation or whether they're made in, our, in God's image or, or not, that's up to God. On this planet, he put human beings made in his image, and he put us in a garden, and we messed it up, but he provides a Savior that he's told us about and ingrained it in all of our history. And we have stories written down that have been preserved miraculously so that we know who the Savior is, and his name is Jesus. And don't be thrown off if somebody out there uh, tells you that some scientific discovery of any kind somehow undoes uh, our faith. It just doesn't. Uh, it's not there. My my thought is, I I my opinion is that what these people are seeing, what the government and what our you know fighter pilots are seeing, is some kind of technology that's out there that they can't explain. That hopefully we understand in whatever the secret part of our military is. Uh, but it also could be China or Russia, probably just China or Russia, who have developed some other kind of technology. We've seen that in in Russia with. Uh, uh, a rocket that they just shot up a couple of months ago that our scientists can't explain how it did the maneuvers that it did. And that is now public. And uh, maybe China's got something going on. It could be us, you know, and hopefully it is, you know. I think those things will, will come out eventually. And, uh, you know, there are inventions that happen. I mean, we've only been flying around for, what, uh, 100 years, 110 years, something like that. How long ago was Kitty Hawk? Does anybody remember you were, were you around? hundred some years, you know, technology changes. But the, the point of it is, and Ron is right, we get distracted by all kinds of things and we get taken off, off course. You know, maybe you've had some experience like some of you have had, or you've heard family members say things, you know, it's really hard to say what's true and what is it. Don't let it take your eye off the ball or, or take away your credibility in discussing Christ. When it comes to Christ, we aren't believing just, you know, somebody's notion, hey, uh, somebody saw a UFO or somebody saw a guy who rose from the grave. Corinthians tells us that 500 people at the same time saw Jesus Christ, that there are the apostles or eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Christ, a miraculous event. Our faith is based on something that's rooted in history that there are multiple eyewitnesses for that uh, points to the Savior being Jesus Christ, and this is our hope. This is what we are about. Interesting subject, and uh, thanks for having some fun with me, but uh, stay focused on Christ, my friends. That's who we are. That's what we are to do. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrier, your host. We're back every day, 3 to 5, Monday through Friday. We'll see you there. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.